All right, so we are going to put a bow on our Ephesians series this morning. So this will be our, our last our last part of the book of Ephesians. And then we've got a couple guest speakers lined up for you, and we'll have a couple of one-offs. Um, we will be, though, if you want to mark your calendars, we will be doing an Easter series that's going to start on Sunday, April the 17th, and then we'll go for three weeks following that. And then once we get through our Easter series, we're going to start a brand new summer series. So we have some exciting things coming up. I've got some exciting things planned for you, and I'm Excited and yet sad to close the book of Ephesians this week because I think it has been a great book for us. We've really had some great takeaways and some great learnings, and we're going to wrap that up here this morning by talking about Ephesians chapter 6 and this idea of being prepared for battle. So my question for you this morning is, are you prepared for battle? Are you prepared for the spiritual battle that you and I face as Christians each and every single day? Well, the good news is Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 gives us three very practical steps to help us be prepared for battle. So I promise you it's not going to be your same old armor of God uh, speech that you guys have all heard a million times. That'll be a part of it, of course. But I really want to focus on not just the armor of God, but what are these three steps that Paul has given us to help us prepare for battle? See, there are steps that we can take to be prepared for battle each and every day. Now, show of hands, if I can get the clicker to work, how many of you recognize this game? See, you guys had an awesome childhood. So this is the game Battleship, and, and for most of you, I think, are familiar with how it works and what this game is. I love the game of Battleship. It is one of my favorite games to play. And up until now, I can still beat my kids, but they're young, so... But, but I love this game, and I've always loved this game. I've always had an affinity for the game of Battleship. Because what I love about Battleship is it's all about strategy. And it's all about being prepared. And it's all about having a plan. See, when I play Battleship, I have a very strategic plan of where I start firing my missiles so that I can find all of the enemy ships. And I'm not going to say it's a foolproof plan because I don't think there's any such thing, but it's a very good plan and have a very high success rate because I plan ahead. I don't just start shooting off the bombs in, in random spots trying to find ships. I go in with a plan. I go in with a tactic. I go in with a strategy. And that's exactly what Paul does for us in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. He gives us this strategy that we can use that's going to that's gonna help us and prepare us to be more successful when we go into battle. And this is this spiritual battle that we're talking about. And we'll unpack that a little bit as we go. But see, we got to have a plan, and that's a plan for victory. And that's exactly what Paul is going to do for us. So our first step, again, there's going to be three steps. I want you to write these down, mark these down, take a picture of the screen, whatever you like to do. But there's three steps that I want you to remember when you walk away today. And the first one is that we have to be strong in the Lord. Because, see, he's way stronger than we can be on our own. And Aaron read that for us just a little while ago. Talked about this, this immeasurable power, right? And we're going we're gonna to look at that again here briefly in a moment. But, but we are so much stronger when we are in the Lord. Now, if you remember way back when we first started the book of Ephesians, which was back in December or whenever we started that first half of the book of Ephesians, we talked a lot about the need to be in Christ and how much better we are when we're in Christ and how much more powerful we can be when we're in Christ. See, that's where our strength 
comes from. When we look to above for our strength, we are so much stronger than we can ever be on our own. So if you have your Bibles, if you have your Bible app or your iPad or your laptop or whatever you're looking up scriptures on these days, I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 10. And Paul lays it out for us. He makes these steps fairly clear that we're going to look at today. And he says, finally, because he's wrapping up this letter, remember, he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. See, Paul doesn't say be strong in your own power. He doesn't say be strong on your own devices. He says to be strong in his power, the power of the Lord. Verse 11 says, and put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. See, the devil is scheming. Brother Ken read for us earlier about these prowling around like a roaring lion, just looking for someone to devour. And Paul is reminding us of that, that, hey, we've got to be prepared when that happens. Number 12 says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. See, there's two mistakes that we make when we look at this idea of Satan, or we look at this idea of devil, or we look at this idea of demons. There's two things that happen. See, there's two, there's two kinds of people. There's people who see the devil in everything. So you're getting ready for work in the morning and you break your shoelace. You're, you're driving to work and you hit all the red lights and you go, I know that's the devil. We say that, but let's just be real, right? That's probably not the devil. He's not sitting there changing the lights just to annoy you, right? Or there's people that don't recognize it at all. There are people that don't recognize when the devil is working on you and in you and through you. Because, see, from the day that you're baptized and you start to do good works for the Lord, you become a target. You become a target for the devil because he doesn't want you to do those good works. So he's going to find every way he can to stop you from doing good works. And see, we have to be aware that this is taking place, because if we're not, then we're not going to be prepared for it. And see, he works in different ways through all of us. It's not always the same. Sometimes it's doubt. He puts that doubt in your head, right? You're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not a good enough husband, you're not a good enough son or daughter. And he plants those, those thoughts. You're not a good enough Christian, so just give up. Just give up. Maybe it's an addiction, right? He plants those things in our lives that he knows is going to destroy us and destroy our families. See, that, that's the spiritual warfare that we're talking about. And yeah, we shouldn't see the devil in everything, but we should see the devil or we should see evil for what it is. And that's the power that's working against you, the power that doesn't want you to be a Christ follower, the power that wants to pull you away from all the things you know you should be doing. So we have to be aware of that. Again, we don't see the devil in everything. You know, we're, we're still, depending on who you talk to, we're still in a pandemic, right, or some type, or we're out of it, depending on who you talk to. And I've heard people say, that was the devil. And I've also heard people say, that was God. 
I've heard people say that's the devil who's, who's bringing this, this virus that's going to kill people and going to tear people apart. And then I've heard people say, it's actually God, he's punishing us. He's punishing us for the way that we live our lives because we need to repent and go back to God. Now, I agree with that second part. We definitely need to repent and get back to God. But I'm not sure I believe that God caused the virus, that God created the virus. So see, you can see this any way you want. You can see God in everything. You can see God in nothing. You can see evil in everything. You can see evil in nothing. It's all a matter of perspective. It's all a matter of having our eyes open to what's really going on around us. I'm going to jump over to Ephesians chapter 1. And I know we just read this, but I think it's important enough to read it again. Because we're talking about this idea of being strong in the Lord. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope. There's that hope. That's been our, our theme throughout. To which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Again, Paul is, is kind of teasing this out there, right? Remember the big picture. Remember the prize at the end. Don't, don't get muddled down in all of these things that happen in, in our daily lives, but remember, focus on the prize. Verse 19 says, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. See, one of the great things we receive when we give our lives to Christ is we receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Our third Sunday night Bible class has been unpacking this idea, right, <clears throat> of the Holy Spirit. And that's something that we get. See, when we're baptized, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's this power. It's this unending power that we're tapping into. <coughs> Excuse me. Still can't get rid of this pneumonia. That power is the same as the mighty strength. It says, he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. The same power. I want you to think about that for just a second this morning. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power that you have as a Christ follower. If that doesn't make you say, wow, I don't know what does. Because see, Jesus was raised from the dead. That's not something that happens every day, right? That was an act. That was an act of power. And you can tap into that very same power as a Christ follower. Verse 21 says, Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. See, it's reminding us that Jesus' power is in us now, and it's going to be there at the end. As Aaron mentioned earlier, there's no time frame on this. It wasn't a one-time thing. This is something that carries on and on and on. And Paul, as he's closing out this letter, wants to remind them of this. Step two is to put on the whole armor of God. So step one was what? Find our strength in the Lord, right? Find our power in the Lord. But now we're also going to take some precautions, right? And we're going to put on the whole armor of God. Let's pick up verse 13. It says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when, now you notice I, put, I underlined when. Why did I underline when? Because it doesn't say if, it says when. It says, so that when the day the devil comes. Paul is telling you, look, it's not if, it's when. It's going to come, it's going to happen. He's going to come after you. He's going to attack you. He's going to give you doubts. He's going to give you things that go against God's will. So Paul's saying, look, it's not if, it's when. So when the day of the devil comes, you will be able to stand your guard, and after you have done everything, to stand. 
Verse 14 says, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. So now he's going through, right? He's going through the different pieces of armor, the different pieces that would have been put on. Now, a little bit of context. His audience would have been very familiar with Roman soldiers. That's why Paul chooses this idea, this vision of a Roman soldier, because this would have been something that everybody could relate to. They probably saw them every day. Or at least frequently enough that this visual would have really registered with them. The belt of truth buckled around them and the breastplate of righteousness. Why would that breastplate be important? Your heart. That breastplate is what protects your heart. Because what happens if we lose our heart? Verse 15 says, and with your feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now, I love the fact that he uses peace with our feet. And I want you to think about that for just a second. What is he saying? He's saying that you can have peace everywhere you go. That you take that peace with you. You can have peace when you accept Jesus Christ and you have a hope for the future, you can have the peace that comes with it. And that's exactly what Paul is talking about. It says, in addition to all of this, it says, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. See, our faith, our faith in Jesus is what protects us from these flaming arrows. And I love that visual, that visual of the shield. Now, now remember, back in this time, right, these shields were huge. We're not talking about a little Captain America shield, right? We're talking about a shield. These things were, like, big enough that, that I could stand here like this, and not only would I be fully protected, but the person next to me could get behind it as well. These were huge Shields, And I love that visual that our faith is this shield that will not allow the devil to come in. Because see, when we're strong in our faith, and when we know the teachings of God, and when we're spending time in prayer, and when we're spending time in the Bible, we have this shield about us. And it's going to extinguish those flaming arrows that the devil is shooting our way. So let's take the helmet of salvation because, of course, you got to protect the noggin, right? you got to protect your head. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword. The weapon is the Word. And that is so important. So, so we have this visual, right? We have this visual. And it literally goes from head to toe of the ways that we can protect ourselves. Now, I know this is not a Roman soldier, but it's a much cooler picture. But it still gives you the same impact, okay? You still see the flaming arrows, and you still see that, that this, which to me looks more like a knight, but I'm not an expert, you, you see that he's protected. He's protected and doesn't look the least bit worried about those flaming arrows. See, when you're prepared when you have a plan, when you put on the whole armor, not just one piece, right? What good would it do you to put on all of your armor 
and not put a helmet on. Probably not going to work out too well for you. Or if you put all of the rest of it on, but you forget the shield and say, I don't need that. See, what Paul is telling us is that you need all of these pieces to come together to be fully protected and fully prepared. The whole armor. Let's look at step three. This one's probably the easiest one, right? Pray, 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 and then pray some more. I love that, that, that Paul is so focused on prayer. And if you've been paying attention as we've worked our way for, through Ephesians, many times during this letter, Paul just busts out in a prayer. He's writing this letter. Now, now remember, these letters were designed to be read aloud. It would be like if I walked in the back door with, with, a, with a scroll or a piece of paper and I read you a letter from one of our missionaries. It would have been something similar to that. They would have received this letter from Paul and said, oh, wait, we got a letter from Paul. And they would have read it to the church. And how powerful do you think that was to hear Paul's words and then he just stops and prays for them right there? Do we do that? Do we pray for each other? And I'm not talking about when we say, yeah, I'm praying for you in passing and then we get distracted by something else. I'm talking about are we really praying for each other? One of the things I like to do is when somebody says, hey, could you pray for me? I like to say, hey, how about we pray right now? Right? Because I'm only human. I get distracted just like everybody else. I get sidetracked. My phone rings. I get stuck in traffic. And then guess what? I forget that I told Ray I'd pray for him. But if I just say, hey, Ray, why don't we just pray right now? Right here, right now. Then I got a much less chance of forgetting. And there's just something powerful about when somebody says, pray with me whether it's two people or 10 people or 20 people, there's just something powerful about prayer. It says in verse 18, and I pray in the spirit on all occasions. I love that. On all occasions. doesn't say, well, I pray at bedtime. I only pray at meals. It says I pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Once again, Paul is reminding us of the importance of being alert, being alert to the enemy. I love what, uh, if you guys were with us back when we did the Nehemiah series, I, I love the fact that as they were building the walls of the city, what were they doing? They were building with one hand and holding a sword in the other. And sometimes I feel like that's what we've got to be doing, right? We've got to be multitasking. We've got to be building, but we've also got to be on the defense. We've got to be praying different prayers. And I love that he says all kinds of prayers and requests and keep on praying for the Lord's people. Prayer is so vitally important. You have a direct line to God. You have a direct line to the creator of the universe. And here's the kicker. He wants to hear from you. We remember that what, what was God's initial design for man? Was a close, personal relationship. When he created the garden, when he created Adam and Eve, what did he do? He walked with them in the garden. 
That's the relationship that God wants to have with us. That was his intention from the very beginning, but we messed it up. We don't get to walk with God anymore, at least not here on the earth. We don't get to walk with him in the cool of the evening, I believe it says in the garden. But you still get to talk to God, and if you'll listen, he talks back. All different kinds of prayers. Do we only pray when we want something? Do we only pray when we need something? Or do we just say, thank you, God. Thank you so much for my family. Thank you so much for waking me up today. Thank you so much for all that you do for me. Because, see, we always think to pray when things are going bad. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. We should pray when things are going bad. But do we also pray when things are going good? Do you have those people in your life? You only hear from them when they want something. They need a loan. They need a ride. They want something from you. And that person, oh, and every time you see them pop up on your phone, oh, what do they want this time? See, that's not the relationship we want to have with God. We want to have a relationship with God that he can't wait to hear from us. Not, oh, what's he want this time? You get to have that close, personal relationship. Prayer is a powerful thing. Paul reminds us that we pray in the Spirit and that we pray on all occasions and we pray all kinds of prayers and that we pray for all the Lord's people. Are we praying for each other? Are we praying for each other as a church? Are we praying for our Christian brothers and sisters over in the Ukraine who who I've seen pictures and videos of? They're literally huddled in a subway praying together while bombs are being dropped. Are we praying for those people? Are we praying for our church? Are we praying for our leadership of our church? I hope that we are. Because we need prayer and we need God. And when you pray, you're inviting him into the situation. When you're making decisions, do you just make it on your own or do you pray about it? Do you pray for God to open your eyes and open your heart to what it is that he would have you to do? Do you pray that God would put you in situations where you can share the good news with other people? Do you pray for that? Do you pray, God, put somebody in my life that needs to hear about you, and I'll do it. Now be careful what you pray for. Don't pray for patience. Just telling you right now, you pray for patience, God will give you things that will test your patience over and over and over again. So be careful about the prayer for patience. But God wants to hear from you. God wants to know what's on your heart and what's on your mind, and he wants to hear it from you. So what are our takeaways? Here's our our three items again. Like I said, these are the three items I want you to remember. If you don't remember anything else, be strong in the Lord. Find your strength and your power in him. Put on the whole armor of God. Have a plan. Have a strategy. Be prepared. And embrace the power of prayer. I love this quote. And it's funny, I looked up this quote, and I saw like three different people take credit for this quote. So I'm just going to be honest, I don't know who the originator of this quote was. But it says, he who plans, he, he who fails to plan is planning to fail. And I believe that. And I think as Christians especially, if we don't plan, then we're going to fail. 
if we don't know what God wants in our lives, if we don't know what God expects of us, how can we ever live up to the image that God would want us to portray? If we don't spend the time in the scripture to learn what God wants and what he needs and what he expects, how can we ever live up to it? See, we've got to plan. Most of us plan, right? We plan birthday parties, and we plan work events, and we plan baby showers. And we plan all of these things, and we plan our budgets, and we plan our paths, and we plan our vision for our family. But are we doing the same thing when it comes to our faith? Are we planning our faith? Are we praying every day that God will help us be prepared so that when, not if, evil comes knocking on the door, I know what to do? Because that's the prayer that we need to be praying. In just a moment, Brandon's going to come forward and lead us in another song. And you have an opportunity this morning. You have an opportunity to say, God, I want to live my life for you. Maybe you've never been baptized. Maybe you've never had that chance to have the past washed away. To receive that power. We've been talking this morning about this power that we get from the Holy Spirit. Well, we receive that when we're baptized and when we devote our lives to Christ. You have an opportunity to receive that same power here this morning. Or maybe you've been a Christian your whole life. But, but maybe the, the devil has found his way in. And maybe you just feel like you're getting beaten down and you just can't fight off those flaming arrows by yourself anymore. Our elders will be down front with us this morning and they would love to talk to you and they would love to pray with you and we'd love to help you in any way that we can this morning as we stand together and as we sing. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord our God. You reign forever, our hope, our strong deliverer. You are the everlasting God, the everlasting God. Hey!